my God, I'm back. I'm sorry I took a break. But literally, my life has changed so much since the last episode. And I realized the last episode was, in fact, in January. It was January 31st. And I have recorded a few episodes since, but realistically, I just haven't had the fucking time to upload them. So here I am today. Um, Let's call this the comeback. I have hired a studio to record my podcast in. And we're just going to get into it. We're going to pretend that I haven't disappeared, even though I have. I'm going to pretend I haven't. So hope you can join the bandwagon. If anyone's new here, my name's Mary. This is my podcast called Life Gets Weird because life does, in fact, get very fucking weird. And this year has been a peak example of that for me. So I have a job. And if you've followed me from TikTok, then you may know that I used to refer to myself as a stay-at-home daughter. That was my occupation, okay? I was a stay-at-home daughter. Now I work full-time, nine to six, in an office. How the fuck did that happen? So I'm going to give you the fucking breakdown. So my job title is basically a social media strategist. And I work for a subdivision of ITV. And I got this job by luck. I'm going to say luck. And... Take from that what you will, because it's also a mixture of hard work, but let's go with luck. So a couple of months ago, let's say maybe November-ish, I received an email from an ITV email address, which one, I was like, what the fuck? But two, the email basically said that they want me to be in a show. And I was like, holy shit, mom, cool Hollywood. This is like when I hit 10K on TikTok. I was like, mom, cool LA, I am coming, okay, I'm I'm done, um, but no, in all seriousness, I got that email and fucking freaked out, I was like, holy shit, what the actual fuck, my TikTok videos that I was making in my bedroom have led me here, and so I went through many Zoom calls, many, many, many Zoom calls, this was like, you know, COVID was still giving us lockdowns and things like that, so I was having loads of Zoom calls, And then finally, they were like, okay, here's the show. Here's the deck. Here's the brief. In the first week of January, you are going to film this. And I did that. And then after filming, I basically met up with the guy who cast me for it um, because we hadn't met before because COVID. And he was like, hey, listen, you understand the brand really well. Would you like to come and work for us? And I have never had a real job before. And I had just dropped out of university And social media was becoming my only form of income that I've ever had. And he said to me, do you want to work for us? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Like, I love filming so much. I love the brand. I love everything about the company that I work at. Why would I not? So here we are. I work as a freelance social media strategist. I have a fucking job. I'm not fun employed anymore. And I'm not a stay at home daughter. But that's where I've been. And the thing is, I love what I do. I am so, so grateful for it. But also, figuring out life now feels very different. It feels really different because before I didn't have anything occupying my mind. You know, I didn't have somewhere to be. I didn't have people that relied on me to do work in order for the company to work, you know? And now I do. And it's like, I have to get up every single day. Like whether I fucking want to or not, I have to be in that office and I have to work and I have to do it to the best of my abilities. And I don't know, it feels very surreal because it was so sudden, I think. But also it kind of feels like everything's fallen into place. And I deferred my year at uni less than a year ago. 
So in August, I could potentially go back. Do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. But I could. And I remember the day that I told my parents I wasn't going back. I was like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm such a fucking disappointment. I just let you down. I am genuinely going to make it up to you. Don't know how, but I'm just so sorry. But I can't do this. And my mom said to me, she was like, Mary, you don't need that degree if it's going to cost you your mental health you can figure things out without a degree. And I just kind of thought like, oh, she's just saying that like, uh, you know, mom knows best, blah, blah, blah. And then I got offered this job and she was like, what the fuck did I tell you? And I was like, oh yeah, so true queen, go off. Like insane. Um, But I don't know, it's just been a bit of a whirlwind recently. So that's where I've been. Um, I've been working and trying to figure out what kind of path I want to put myself on because I never allowed myself to be creative. Really and truly, like, my whole life, I never allowed myself to be creative. I was always the girl that was just like, I love writing essays. Like, I take all the essay-based subjects. I also went to a school that didn't have any creative subjects. Like, apart from art and drama, we didn't do anything else. There was no media studies. There was nothing like that. We didn't have film studies. I went to a school on top of a hill with, like, 90 people in my year group, you know? We really didn't have the um, the range that a lot of other schools had. So I don't know. It's just kind of in my head that that's what you did. You know, you went to uni, you worked your fucking ass off, you read all the books. That was it. And I know that the pandemic was an awful time for a lot of people, myself included. But I really do think that during those two years, like obviously the pandemic isn't over, but those two years where we were in and out of lockdowns and social distancing was like a massive thing, my life really changed because I was allowed to be me for I think the first time in a really long time. And what I mean by that is when I wasn't at home by myself in the middle of a pandemic, I was consistently trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. I was trying so hard to be the version of myself that everybody else wanted from me and felt like they needed of me. So for my parents, I needed to be like the smart academic kid. Like I needed to be the law student, even if I fucking hated it. Even if I cried my eyes out every single day at uni, I had to be the academic kid, you know? And then with people, let's say acquaintances, because they're not really my friends anymore, but let's say acquaintances, I felt like I had to be this social party animal who just like fucking loved to get loose every single day. And that's just not me. Neither of those things are me. They are to an extent, but they're not the entirety of my being. And so I think being alone in the pandemic really made me check into what I wanted, what filled my cup, what made my soul burn. And it sounds so fucking cringy, but the reality is like I fucking turned to TikTok when I had absolutely nobody and it changed my life. And I just made videos about how I felt. And it was really nice the other day, like I was watching my old TikToks back because yeah, who the fuck doesn't watch their videos back? Yikes. (laughs) Not a narcissist, I promise. But yeah, it was really nice because I was watching those videos back and I was seeing how open and vulnerable I was and reading all the comments where I was like connecting with people before I even had like 10,000 followers on TikTok, I was receiving this like community of people who got me. That was really rare for me to feel like I had a community of people that just saw me 
and as if I was just standing in front of these people naked and they just accepted me. And that is like, oh, that feeling is something I can never, ever, ever repay because I cannot even put into words how fucking grateful I am because those two years from 2020 to like the end of 2021, oh my God, I went through a lot mentally and I genuinely think that having an outlet and then it being received by people who just got it was one of the things that saved me. Obviously also antidepressants and like my parents being absolutely amazing, but that definitely played a big part. And I I just think if I hadn't had that solitude, life would have panned out very differently for me. And I do want to emphasize that I am in no way, shape or form saying like, yes, the pandemic needed to happen because no, it fucking didn't, okay? Like these past two years have been dreadful, but what I am saying is that maybe this could have happened like in the future. Maybe there would have been a period of my life where I just like didn't speak to anyone and didn't go out, you know, my year of rest and relaxation vibes, but maybe it would have happened later. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was meant to happen in my timeline at some point, but it happened when it did and it changed my life and it made me realize that I cannot live for other people. I truly can't. And I think when I had my big mental breakdown, you know, I say big mental breakdown uh, because I've had many mental breakdowns, but this was the one that led me to being put on antidepressants. So I call it like the big mental breakdown, you know? Um, But when I had that big mental breakdown, I genuinely think it was just like all the layers falling down. Like every single layer I've put on myself trying to appease somebody else just completely crumbled and I felt like I didn't know who I was. I felt really lost. And I think that was the first time that I was like, okay, I have to start from scratch here and I have to take this day by day and figure out what I want and what makes me feel good. And uni wasn't one of them. Maybe it was my degree. Maybe it was my actual place of education. I don't know, because I really did not like that uni, but there were just so many factors and I just didn't want to go back. The idea of going back was keeping me awake at night, making me wake up in a puddle of sweat. It was not worth it, okay? Like, this life is too fucking short. It is not worth going through a four-year degree that is gonna fucking wipe you out, you know? Um, So, yeah, I have gone on a bit of a ramble there, but... The moral of the story is drop out of uni. No, I'm joking. That is not the moral of the story. Do not tell anybody I said that. But the moral of the story is that sometimes you have to strip yourself bare to find out who you really are. And I think that's what I did. Was it my choice? No, it wasn't. Realistically, I didn't put in the work enough to go on that journey by myself. It happened by circumstance. You know, I just happened to experience it when we were all self-isolating. And am I extremely grateful? Yes, but I do think that there is so much strength in realizing that you have to do that by yourself because I didn't realize that until I had nobody to impress, until it was just me and the only person that I had to impress was myself and I was not impressing myself. So yeah, that's basically a quick catch up on the past couple of months. Um, I went to Amsterdam, I went to Barcelona, I just got back from Barcelona. Another update, I've always been like, I fucking hate the beach, I fucking hate the sun. Turns out I just don't like the English beaches and the London sun. Had a great time in Barcelona. My best friend and I just, we're chaotic, so putting us in another country, even more chaotic, you know? 
we cannot speak a lick of Spanish. We were just walking around Spain like, soy estupida, because, like, so true, you know? Anyway, um, and that's about it. Yeah, I've literally been working, 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 working. And then I've taken two holidays. And the show that I'm in comes out in 11 days. Holy shit, I'm recording this on the 15th of April. So it comes out in 11 days, comes out April 26th. It will be on YouTube. It will be on a website that I will promote on my Instagram. I just don't know if I can promote it right now. And it will also be on ITV Hub. Um, Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. But let's get into the podcast, even though this is the podcast. Anyways, oh my God, I'm so out of practice. Jesus Christ. So I am going to New York in two weeks, uh, maybe three. (laughs) No, yeah, like two and a half weeks. I'm going to New York in two and a half weeks. And this is something that I'm really proud of, okay? And this is not me bragging or anything like that, but I do think it's a flex and I'm really fucking proud of myself for being in this position. So the last time I went to New York was in 2020, 2020, I hate saying 2020. Um, And I quite literally begged my parents to pay for my trip. I was like, it's gonna be my 21st birthday. Like, please, 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 I can't afford it. Like I was a student, like I lived on campus, so I was paying rent. And I was living off my student loan and I really wanted to go to New York. I was just being a snobby little brat. Honestly, like every time I look back on my life, I'm like, wow, my parents really put up with me. Wow. Good for them because I wouldn't. But yeah, so it was my 21st birthday and I was like, hey, like my friends are going to New York. Like, please, please, can I go with them? Like this can be my present. And they were like, yeah, cool, whatever. Um, And then they pay for my flight and then I was going at the end of December, my birthday's in September, I was going at the end of December, and it was like a day before I left, I was like, dad, I have no money, like, I can't go to New York with no money, and he was like, Mary, what the fuck, like, what the fuck is your problem, but he helped me out, and then I had a great time in New York, anyway, flash forward to now, I have a job, I am financially independent, is that, am I, I still live with my parents, I don't know, but, like, I make my own money, and I don't have to depend on my parents. And my dad's birthday's coming up and I booked him a holiday to New York with me. Did I have some selfish intentions with this? Yes, I did. Because I need somebody to take my Instagram pictures, you know? But also I just feel like it was a massive full circle moment. Um, I said to him, I was like, hey, let's go to New York. Cause I married, like, no. And I was like, hey, what, why? You haven't even like heard me out. I want to take you for your birthday. And he was like, Okay, I'm listening. But he works his ass off. Like, this man does not take a day off work. In I was going to say, in the time I've known him, uh, since I left the fucking womb, but let's say in the 23 years that he has been my father, I have only ever seen him take time off work for me. So I grew up in and out of hospital, and my dad was the parent that took me to hospitals. And when I had, like, my operations and stuff, he would take me in the morning, um, and then, like, both my parents would be there when I woke up. But... Yeah, he was always the hospital guy because my hospital is very close to where he works. And um, other than that, other than hospital trips, like my dad does not take time off work. Like he works his ass off and it's so inspiring. But also, Keith, take a fucking break, you know? So my dad and I are going to New York um, for his birthday and I just can't wait. I've planned out so much and... I've also planned my mom's birthday, but my mom's birthday is in December, so we have some time. But it just feels so good because for a really long time, whenever someone was like, oh, like, what do you want to do when you're older? I always said pay my parents back. Like, that was it. That was, I don't know how, but like, that was the goal. And I feel so fucking lucky that 
it just kind of worked out. And I don't even mean to sit here and like imply that life just figures itself out because I would be a liar if I just let you believe that that's it. You know, like that's the be all and end all. Like life figures itself out and then you're never sad again. Like that's not true. I still have days, even though I have a job, I technically have a career. Um, I still have days where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like my job is a job that didn't even exist when I was born. You know, like I... I'm 23. I was born in 98, okay? I'm vintage. Um, <laughs> no, but I was born before the age of Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr and Pinterest and all of these social media sites. I was definitely fucking born before TikTok, you know? It's like, I didn't grow up with these things. It wasn't until I was in, like, secondary school, so, like, 12, 13, that social media became a thing in my life. And I was on Twitter as a fucking stan account. Like I was tweeting, I love Justin Bieber. So I wasn't even being me. Like my picture wasn't my face. It wasn't, it wasn't my personality. It was just like my obsessive tendencies. And I did not fucking think that you could work in social media. Like I knew there were YouTubers. Shout out to the OG 2012 YouTubers, Miss Bethany Mota, Kingsley, you know, the gang. But I was always way too shy to make my own YouTube channel. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to be a consumer. But like I consumed, consumed it all. Like I loved social media. I love it so much. I think it has so many positives. Obviously it has a shit ton of negatives, but there are so many good things that came out of social media. I just never thought it would be my job. And so I still get that little panic in my system when I'm like, hey, I'm going to the office. Oh my God, my job is social media, a thing that didn't exist 20 years ago. So, you know, it's easy to say, oh, life figured itself out, but like life isn't done. It isn't. And it's like every single day you have to wake up and find the balance between filling up your cup, filling up somebody else's cup, doing your part in your job, but also like doing your part to make sure that you're staying sane. Because another big thing for me is like now trying to balance my workout routine. And I know, I know like that's not important, blah, blah, blah. But it is for me. Like it is for me. It's really important for me that I work out a lot because it helps me stay grounded. It helps me feel sane. And I obviously work really long hours and I don't like live next door to my office or anything. So I have to leave like an hour in advance or like 45 minutes in advance. And it was kind of difficult to figure out when I was going to work out with this job because, you know, by the time it gets to 6.30, like I'm shattered. Like I am ready for bed. I've been going to sleep so fucking early because I'm just, I'm just wiped out. Like I have gone from being able to take four naps a day to having to be up at 7 a.m. every single day and not be home until 7 p.m. So that's another adjustment that I've had to make. And like, I am not willing to sacrifice working out. That's I think that's gonna be a fundamental in my life for as long as I live, to be honest, because it's the one thing I can do that is for me. Like, people have their different vices, but for me, it's working out. And so... You know, I have to reserve the time to work out before I go to the office. So I'll take like a 7 a.m. or an 8 a.m. workout class. And even though that means I have to go to bed earlier and I have to wake up earlier, it's what I need. It's what I need to get through the day. It's what I need to get through life. And so that's a balance that I've been <laughs> trying to juggle. Um, also, like having time to socialize is a lot more difficult when you have a job 
because the weekend comes and I'm like, literally leave me alone. I want to sleep, okay? Like I have worked Monday to Friday. I would like to be in my bed doing absolutely nothing. No thoughts, no movement, just vibing with my pillow, you know? But I have to see people because, well, I mean, technically I don't have to see people, but like, I feel like I do because when I isolate myself for a long period of time, I do not do well, okay? And obviously, like, I have people at work and I feel very lucky because I work with such incredible people. But my friends who I knew before that job also want to see me and also want to hang out and catch up. And I have to give them time. Um, And it's not just like, oh, I'm giving myself to them because they need to see me or they want to see me. It's like I need to see them as like reminders of people who keep me grounded. And so finding balance, especially when it's like a big jump, like stay at home daughter to fully employed office gal is a journey. I think it's a journey. It's something I'm working on. And maybe I'll come back to you next week and be like, figure it out. But I doubt it. But yeah, that's like one of the big things I'm trying to focus on this year. Like, I need to find balance to feel okay and to feel grounded. Um, But moving on, I've been thinking a lot recently about the past versions of myself. And this started because a couple of days ago, I was looking back at old pictures of me from the beginning of 2020. Obviously, that was the pandemic year, lockdown year. But you know, January to mid-March wasn't COVID life, you know? So I was out, I was partying, I was in New York, I was in Italy, I was doing the whole uni thing. And I look back at those pictures and I'm like, holy shit, I look so fucking happy. And I was just like not having, not having a good time. Sorry, I just moved the mic because I feel like I'm just going in the mic with my voice. So sorry if it sounds different, but please bear with me. I'm new with the whole recording studio thing. But yeah, I was looking back at old pictures and I was like, oh my God, um, why are you smiling so much? You literally wanted to jump off a cliff every single day. And that's easy to look back on and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I was just really sad. But I think sometimes it's also hard to look back and realize that sometimes you're a shitty person. And I want to talk about this because I have this podcast, I'm online and I don't ever want to like make it seem as if I'm doing everything right. Cause I'm not, I don't think I've ever done life right. I don't think anyone does life right. But I kind of, I don't know. I kind of look back and I'm like, hurt people really do hurt people. And whenever I look back at pictures where I know how much I was suffering, there is always a connection to how many people I stopped speaking to, how many people I had arguments with. And it's like, I don't have a lot of people in my life anyway, but it's it's just kind of like the people who did mean something to me and still do in some aspect, but they didn't deserve to go through seeing me in that way, you know? And I also think a thing that made me realize that is like my parents kind of have to be there for me. <laughs> um, and so like... I remember them saying things to me, more specifically my mum, saying to me, like, sometimes you just aren't nice to be around. And I could never understand it in the moment because I was like, oh, like, okay, you think I'm a bitch, whatever. But now I'm like, no, I was hurting so much that I just wasn't someone that I, like, would want to be around. Like, even I wouldn't want to be around the me before antidepressants. And you know what? God bless my friends who have stuck with me. Like... I literally owe them the earth because 
what the fuck? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just, I think being so emotionally disconnected when people were trying to love me can really, really, really fucking hurt them. And like the first person that comes to mind is my mom. And I, if I could say sorry to her every single second of every single day for just how fucking stubborn I used to be, I would. But like, this has bled into so many different aspects of my life. And now I'm I'm very much in a position where I don't think that I'm that emotionally disconnected. I obviously still find it very difficult to talk to people about how I feel, but I am more open with being vulnerable. But, you know, two years ago, that wasn't the case. And I also think that on the flip side of that, it's like, I was so miserable that people never really got to know the real me. They just knew that side of me. They just knew the depressed me. And then I think when I started antidepressants and I started like really prioritizing myself and my mental health, people didn't really recognize me. Like people were like, oh, you've changed so much. And I was like, yeah, because literally I was so fucking consumed by depression that that person is completely unrecognizable. And like, I was a bitch, okay? And I'm not saying this to be like, yeah, I was a bitch, that's quirky. I'm saying it because I don't ever want to come across as this person who has like never done anything wrong in their life and is always working on themselves and always trying to be the best version of themselves. Because yeah, I am working on myself, but I'm not always working on myself. As much as I strive to, that's kind of unrealistic because You know, in order to work on yourself, you have to acknowledge that there were things that needed work on. And in order to have things that need work on, you have to fuck up. And like, that's life. And I'm not saying go out and actively try to be a cunt. But I am saying that the past versions of yourself don't define who you are today. You do not have to be the you that you were 24 hours ago. You can wake up every single day and decide to be a different version of yourself. And that's absolutely fine. But, you know, you have to take some accountability one day, even if you aren't still that person. The version of you that you were could have affected people in a multitude of ways. And you are not in a position to deny them of those feelings that are completely valid. And I have been really reflecting on that recently because... I don't wish to reach out to people that are no longer in my life to rekindle a friendship or to go for coffee or any of that. Like I'm so fucking content with the people in my life right now and I absolutely adore them and they've been through it with me. But there are people who were in my life who didn't get to meet the version of myself that I am today. And in a way, I just want to like give them a hug to be like, I... I'm so sorry that I let how consumed by depression I was completely cloud my world. And I'm not sorry in the aspect of, you know, I was doing it consciously because I wasn't. But I realized that sometimes you can be so depressed that your world quite literally feels gray. Like it feels gray. It feels cloudy, even when everyone around you is sunshine. It feels so, so foggy. And that can be such a like experience changer. Like you and somebody who's not depressed can be experiencing the exact same moment 
and they will be two completely different experiences and that's what I'm kind of not I feel like sorry is the wrong word because you apologize for something that you are like actively aware that you were doing I obviously wasn't aware that I was being so consumed by depression but I just feel bad that it might have bled into other aspects of my life and maybe even other people's lives because you know depression is not something you'd wish you know depression is just not something you'd wish on your worst enemy like you don't want that to affect anyone and I would hate to think that I let it affect anyone who was ever with me because for a really long time I like didn't speak to anyone because I just I just like felt that I was completely shattering. I was like, I am broken glass and I am hurting everyone that comes anywhere near me. And so I was just like, everybody leave me alone. Like, and and that's not okay, you know, because in me isolating myself, other people get hurt by not having an explanation as to why I've just suddenly gone off the radar because they didn't do anything, you know? It's like, I like to be alone but in a way I do actually have to tell people that I just want to be alone you know like a message doesn't hurt anyone you can do it we live in an age where someone can get a message from you in a 0.5 seconds it's like this podcast has been with me for nearly two years now right and I am gonna change I am gonna evolve I'm gonna become a different person and I think when I started this podcast I was very much in the mindset of like I just like to be alone and I do like to be alone But now I'm in the mindset of like, I like to be alone, but I do actually have to let people know that I'm okay. Otherwise, like it's not fair on them. So yeah, this is like the whole, you know, I'm not perfect. Like I'm not this person that's got it all figured out. This is another part of it because like with this podcast, I am going to grow. I am going to change. Like I started this podcast when I was what, 21? Um, And now I'm 23. So, you know, In those two years, I've learned a lot. I've changed a lot. Also, we were in the middle of a fucking lockdown when I started this podcast. So, yeah, I will be open with you at every single stage of my life. But also that does mean that I am going to change the way I feel about things and the way I perceive myself and the way I perceive the world because that's just the evolution of life, baby, you know? But I feel like even though I'm speaking about being depressed and things like that, it's like kind of uplifting in a way or maybe I'm actually just so depressed that I think that's positive but um, no it's like you know I'm kind of saying that things figure themselves out and you know they did in a way but also there is this feeling in the back of my mind at any given moment that this shit is all going to come crumbling down and I don't know why I'm just like constantly waiting for it to come falling down and somebody actually asked me the other day they were like do you think that you prevented your own happiness because I made an Instagram post where I spoke about being comfortable in depression. And I've said this before, and I think I will say every single day, there is so much comfort in being depressed if it's all you've ever known. Because it's like any other emotion is scary because it's not familiar to you. And to answer the question, did I prevent myself from being happy? Yeah, I think I did. I think I did for a really long time. And I don't think I was aware that I was doing it. But I would, you know, I would hang out with people who I knew were bad for me. I would drink to excess and I knew I didn't want to. I would just do a bunch of shit that I didn't fucking want to do and live a life that I didn't want to live just because 
I needed to do something. And the only thing that my brain was kind of like, okay, go do this, was like self-destructive things. And so even when people were like, okay, well, you need to do this to like help yourself. I'd always be like, shut up, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to try and get better, you know? And then I think the first step in me actually wanting to be happy was accepting that I needed to go into antidepressants. Um, I think that was day one. Like, day one of the rest of my life, as fucking cheesy as that sounds, the day I started antidepressants was the day that I actually experienced life with, like, a little bit of sunshine in it. And, you know, I'm still on them. It's been a year now. I love them. I truly have been able to live life because of them. And I really don't ever want to stop taking them. I mean, if my doctor's like, hey, the time is here, it's time to stop, then maybe we'll be having a different conversation. But I said this on TikTok, I will be very content if my doctor said I have to take them every single day until I die. Because they just get me through. They're just like, they're just like a friend who pats me on the back and tells me I'm doing okay every now and again. You know, that's what sertraline is to me. And yeah, I love her. I love sertraline as my babes, my number one babe. But yeah, um, going back to the job thing real quick. Um, another thing that people have been asking in terms of my job is like, oh, like how's the mental health balance like with working? And I completely understand that because obviously I'm so open about my crippling mental health. But I genuinely think that I have been so distracted that I haven't had the time to check in on myself. And I'm not saying that's good. I am not saying that is good. Okay, girly pops. But that does seem to be the situation at hand because I haven't cried, right? And I know that I don't tend to cry a lot now because I'm on antidepressants. But like, you know, a monthly cry isn't odd for me. A good like monthly sob. Um, and I haven't had one of those. I also haven't really had a memory recently where I was like, yeah, I felt an emotion in like an intense way. So I think that I have kept myself so fucking distracted that I have not checked in on my brain. Um, you know, it's great that I haven't had an absolute mental breakdown, but also feeling things is not a bad thing. Feeling things is not a sign of weakness. Crying is not a sign of weakness. If anything, it's a sign that you're living. And I have just been so fucking busy. And like, even when I was on holiday, when I was in Amsterdam, when I was in Barcelona, like I was doing work and I wanted to check out and be like, hey, like I just want to relax. But like I had so much work to do. And I think that after this website launches, after like everything that I've been working on for the past couple of months is like out there and I hopefully think everything will calm down a bit, um, I'll be able to really check in on myself and I'll be able to sit down with my feelings and like really analyze how I feel and like what I want and what I need more than anything because I think it's really easy for me to be like yeah I'm so fine if I'm in an office for nine hours and then the times that I'm not in an office I'm either asleep or working out you know like there isn't really time for me to overthink in the way that there used to be time for me to overthink and you know it might seem like a good thing that I am so distracted that I don't have time to overthink but also I am also so distracted that I don't have time to feel so yeah that's where I'm at that got dark um so yeah I am aware of that and I am aware that it may be leading into a unhealthy path but 
I have also given myself the time at the end of this month to focus on me. And I just kind of know that like, I can't, I can't like go into it now because if I do unpack something that makes me cry for a week, like I have a job and baby, there are no time for tears in capitalism, okay? No one's giving me a mental health day of work. That's just not how it's gonna work. So I do not have the time for a mental breakdown right now, okay? I just don't. But I will check in with myself. Give me until April 27th and then we can call me out on my bullshit. But right now I'm just very distracted, very distracted. But it's a good distraction. I mean, like, I feel so lucky that I'm this distracted. But, like, I do understand. Why did that butt sound like a burp? Sorry, I didn't burp. But anyway, I feel very lucky that I have distractions that are what I love. But also I know that I, like, especially me, like, I need to check in with myself before it's too fucking late. So I'm I'm giving myself until the 27th of April to be distracted. And then we're doing something about it. We're doing something about it. We're doing the damn thing. But yeah, that's just me kind of touching base. Is that the phrase? I don't fucking know. But I am, yeah, letting you guys know what's up, what the deal is. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to come to this recording studio every week. And hear me out. It's a fucking hour journey, okay? This shit is so far outside of London. I mean, it's not. It's on the central line. But it just feels like it's far out of London and it, costs money um but yeah I don't mind paying for it because I love this podcast so much and I fucking hate that I left it I'm so sorry guys I'm so sorry take me back um <laughs> oh, I've always wanted to see what that would sound like take me back it's not me no wait it's not you it's me uh so what the fuck am I talking about anyway um I created a Substack. if anyone wants to go and subscribe to that I will put it in the show notes. Um, I am doing it in conjunction with this podcast. It's also called Life Gets Weird, but the website is marystephen.substack.com. But yeah, I miss writing a lot. So I started a Substack. So feel free to check that out. Um, What else is going on? Oh God, I went on a big reading break. God, I've literally, this is what I mean about being so distracted. Like I don't even have time to read. Like, I still found time to read when I was doing my exams. So I must be like fucking booked and busy. But I just read Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. Holy cow, that book made me sob like a little baby, cried my eyelashes off. Um, And then I read November 9th by Colleen Hoover. Wasn't as great, but you know, love a Colleen Hoover book. Um, What else, what else did I read? Actually don't know. Oh, I just bought Trick Mirror. So very excited to get into that. Pardon me, that was a burp. It wasn't a very good one, it wasn't as powerful, it didn't have as much pizzazz as I like, but whatever. What's happening in the world right now? Uh, actually, yeah, that's a loaded question. Uh, I meant like pop culture. My job is so um, like ingrained in social media, obviously, but when I get home, I'm like, I don't actually wanna look at another fucking Instagram post again. Like I don't go on Instagram. I just upload my silly little stories and my silly little selfies and then I disappear. I don't scroll through that app the way I used to because I have just been in the office scrolling through Instagram, searching for memes, searching for pop culture, searching for fashion. And I'm like, get me off this app. Get me off this fucking app. Um, so when I go home, I don't really look on Instagram. Wait, what the fuck was the point of me talking about that? I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, let me just check my notes. What else did I want to talk about on this podcast episode? 
啊，啦哩啦哩啦哩啦，不不不不。No, I think that might be it. Well, that was、uh, short, but it's the first episode back, so you know we don't have to. We don't have to go into it because you might actually be sick of me, and you actually don't want to fucking hear me talk for ages because you're like, uh, she left me, and I haven't forgiven her yet. But I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. But I will leave you with this, right? I have always needed someone to tell me that it's okay to struggle. I I'm not saying that it's necessary to struggle. I'm saying it's okay to struggle because it happens. It happens to the best of us. But from that struggle, I learn so much about myself. And I'm not saying again. I'm clarifying here. I'm not saying that the struggle is essential. I'm not saying it's needed. It's not necessary. I fucking wish that nobody had to go through things like that. But from that, I think that's where healing really began for me. And it's not going to be the same for everyone, right? We know that life isn't the same for anyone, but for me, healing really started in my lowest moments, and the life that I'm living today literally started when I had a mental breakdown. You know, like I, I broke into a million pieces, and then things shifted. And there are times prior to that where I broke into a million billion pieces, and nothing changed. And it's so fucking irritating. When you're going through the worst, and someone's like, "It gets better," cheer up! Like it's it's the fucking worst. So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it gets better. I want you to believe that it gets better, but I want you to believe that on your own. I want you to experience life getting better, and that's why you believe that it gets better, because there is a real struggle when it starts to change and the clouds start to lift, because. There is this voice in your head that kind of tells you that you have no reason to be sad anymore because the light is coming through, and that's something that I'm really trying to deal with, and it's really fucking difficult because I'm like, okay, I'm here saying that things are changing and things are getting better, but I'm still on antidepressants, you know, and like I'm still, I'm still struggling sometimes. And I feel like when you even admit to the world that you're not as sad. People think that you're fucking cured. They think that your brain is like rainbows and sunshine and lollipops and candy and shit. And like, it's just not like that. And anyone who has been so low that when you come up, it's like you've reached a different fucking planet. You know that there will be moments where it feels like that past you is one minor inconvenience away from reappearing. And so, I guess what I'm saying is, the struggle is the worst of it, and you know that as well as I do. But the things that you learn from that struggle, the things that you realize about yourself, the fact that you're still here today, shows how much strength you've got. And you never needed to be strong, okay? Like I, I hate that there's this idea that like every person's trauma made them a stronger person. Like, yeah, it did, but that wasn't essential to their life, and that's not what I'm saying. But I just need you to know. That you have got this far for a reason, and you can keep going. Like keep pushing through the struggle. It's so annoying. Like I know how annoying it is when people are like, "Oh my god!" Like you've got this because people would say that to me all the time, and I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like fuck's sake. But just if someone needs to hear it, then I'm gonna be the voice to tell you. You're gonna be okay. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be okay. I'm not gonna say it gets better. I'm gonna say you're gonna be okay. 
because I think there is like a tone to you're going to be okay that is like a balance. It's not like you're going to be great. It's not you're going to be fucking phenomenal. It's not you're going to beat this shit's ass. Like, you know, it's just you're going to be okay. And sometimes okay is enough. And sometimes that's all you've ever needed to be. There are definitely days where I'm like, oh my God, like I just I just want to be okay. Like I'm not even asking for happiness. Like I just want to be okay. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say you're going to be okay. And I am sending you so much love if you're going through the depths of hell right now because I have been there and I know that sometimes it just feels like it's never going to end. And sometimes it literally lasts 23 years and then on the 24th, it figures itself out. But just keep holding on. Keep holding on. And on that terribly depressing note, I will love you and leave you, besties. Um, Not leave you long term, though. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thanks so much for bearing with me. You are the absolute best. And I will see you. We won't see each other. I was actually considering filming the podcast, but like, I don't, I don't want to do that because I look ugly right now. I worked out this morning um, and I haven't really fixed my face since that workout. So, you know, I got like a pimple in the middle of my head, like eyelash extensions are all over the place. Eyebrows kind of messy, untamed. But yeah, God, I'm rambling. Okay, I love you, besties. Goodbye. Mwah.